Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy Soso, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to an amazing episode of Sports with Soso. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, football is officially over, but we see the Rams win the Super Bowl, the Heat are on fire winning five straight games, and we recap the rest of the weekend in sports. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Like you said, dog. Everybody gets one. Everybody dog. gets one. Homie. Everybody gets everybody one. Dog. Gets and we know one. that who who takes more than one here. So hey, it it's all good, dog. It's all good, bro. Play, hey, play. A great man once said, "Play as fuck play up." Play as fuck up. You it know happens, what I'm saying? man. It happens. What's poppin', so? What's going on, my brother? Hey, I'm glad to be back in front of the camera this and week. Your Last face week. looks normal now. Yeah, somewhat normal. <laughs> as normal as it's gonna get, dog. It depends who you're asking, exactly, right? Exactly. But yeah, bro. Good to see you again. Likewise, play. man. Likewise. Um, hope you had a good weekend, man. I ate a lot of food. There was a lot going on in sports, right? We saw. Uh, I had a blast this weekend, bro. It was, I bet. Whole lot of fun. You got waste management. Yep. You got the heat beating up on Brooklyn. Oof. You have uh, what else? We have Chelsea winning. Oof. Uh, the, the UFC on Saturday night, and Amazing. then capping it all off with the game to end all games. Super, Super Bowl, Bowl fifty six. What a game! Building. What a game in LA, right? So. Everything was, like, set to be an amazing game at the highest level on a high stage, which was really dope. And there were a lot of people who felt like maybe the game wasn't as good as it could have been. But I think that's just people being used to seeing a Tom Brady in there or Drew Brees in the in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It wasn't easy to get people really excited for the Super Bowl because they, like... There weren't big enough names or p- names that people weren't used to. But me personally, I really feel like the game delivered, right? You had a, an underdog, a high-powered offense versus a high-powered defense. You had a veteran quarterback looking to get Super Bowl glory. You have a young gunner of a quarterback in Joey B trying to make history. Joey Burr. Trying to make history and win the Super Bowl as young as he is, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to do something that not a lot of people have done. And for us, it's just, it's not easy for us to see that and really accept it. But it's a lot easier for people to see that and be like, okay, maybe we can get a game out of it. And I feel like we really did get a game out of it. It was Whoever says that this game wasn't a good game or a good Super Bowl, they, mistaken, they, right? either, like, they either didn't watch it for themselves, <laughs> right? They, they just heard about it from somebody else or, or something. Or they're just out their goddamn mind because this was one of the better Super Bowls I've seen in my life. Absolutely. I mean, just the two storylines, like you just said, you know, you got Cincinnati hasn't won a playoff game in 25 years. Come they out, win two games. three in a row against elite teams in the AFC, get a chance to compete for the Super Bowl. And they hold their own. I mean, it looked like Cincinnati was going to win this game with six minutes left on the clock. But like you just said, you got a you got a high powered defense and a high powered offense in the in the Rams. You got a veteran QB that has been, uh, you know, uh, tried for most of his career. Yeah, he's been man. Tried. You know, he he's he's persevered. He's given it his all. You know, with the Detroit Lions, and in his first year, he gets that redemption. You know, a chance to play for the Super Bowl, and he showed what he was made out of at no, that point. And playing well within that playoff run, right? Because everybody saw the move for Stafford and was like, well, is it going to work? He's so used to losing and what is he going to bring to the table? Can he do it? Um, I just feel like he was able to 
really showcase his skills that he's had for as long as he's been in the NFL and just put it really at the highest level, the highest platform. Um, when you see what his career was about in Detroit, right, and the the players that he played with, probably the best player that he had was Calvin Johnson. Other than that, you can't really point to anything on that Detroit Lions team to say, yeah, this guy was really able to kill it in Detroit. No, but when when you surrounded him with that type of talent, with that type of stars or playmaker ability um, in those key positions and in running back and wide receiver, right, in tight end, you, you saw the best of Matt Stafford and you saw what he was able to do. Now, granted, this game wasn't high scoring and it wasn't going to be high scoring I mean, because both defenses are really freaking good. For a Super Bowl, I mean, this is what I expect, man. 23-20 you know? was the final score. You know, the under right. hit, that's... that's that's what we're expecting. We don't want to blow out, right? We don't want this crazy, you know, like the Rams and the Chiefs in the regular season a few years ago putting up 55 and 51 points 14 or something like that. Or some shit like no, that. it was like 55-51. It was like one of the highest scoring games in the NFL history. That's cool for a regular season game, but there was absolutely no defense. Here we got to see good defense and also good defense get exposed and caught slipping a couple times. Right. Like Jalen Ramsey. You know, Jalen Ramsey, the elite, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, if not the best, you know, cover corner that we have right now. And, they, you know, Jamar Chase had an early, early big play on him, you know, after the Rams had already taken, uh, I think they had already taken the lead. But Correct. He, he got behind them, made an amazing one-handed catch to show how how great this kid's going to be, him and Joey Burrow together. Yo. We got to see Cincinnati, man, getting to getting to Stafford, sacking him, that D-line, putting in work. Really and even on their on the outside, they really held themselves as as like as good as they could facing Cooper Cup, facing OBJ, and facing Higby. It was really hard to hold those no, guys. Higby, Higby, Higby didn't out. play. I'm sorry, but, um, but, but Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson was yeah. a threat that game because he was open or getting single coverage. Yeah. And if you think about it, had o, OBJ not gone down, they probably would have both wide receivers go over 100 yards that game. Mm, I don't know about going over both of them going over a hundred. This dude had two Cooper, catches for fifty yards. Cooper Cup had the majority of his of his stuff in that last drive. Uh, right, a lot of his yardage. He had like four catches for like fifty yards in that one drive alone. But, but he still, I mean, he had the opening touchdown. He had the correct the first touchdown of the game. He and he On a beautiful route. And he was he. They needed him. You know, they needed him. It sucked. You know, as soon as I saw what happened across the field, he was, it. it was non-contact, and he went down. I was like, oh, he's done for the game. And everybody's like, no way. Nobody even touched him. I go, yeah, that's that's when that's it's the worst. usually when it's the worst, right? Exactly. So, um, but no, man, it was it was great. I mean, you you had the early lead, right, from, from the Rams, and then you have a questionable fourth and one that the Bengals go for early on, right? I was like, man, I would have, I would have flipped the field position. You know, you got a good punter, stick them back there in their own end zone. But they, they did went it. for they it. They went for it. And let me tell you, I feel like because we're gonna try to, we're probably gonna see a lot of that being Dolphins fan having a young head coach. Something that I'll bring up later when we talk about the Dolphins. These younger head coaches are not scared to go for it, especially in big moments. And that coach for Cincinnati, he's only like, what, 38, 40 years yeah. old? A young guy. And McVay's 36. McVay's 36. Young guy. So when it comes to those fourth and one scenarios or whatnot, these guys are going to go for it. And I feel like we're going to see that translate down here to more exciting football. And <clears throat> it does make it exciting because he went for it. And had they got that and kept the momentum going, 
who knows? Maybe they go up and they score, and they ju- that just changes the whole complex of the game. That's why I think like the whole Cooper Cup thing and OBJ them being together is like really deadly, you know. And it's easy for both yeah. of those guys to pop off without hurting the other guy's numbers. No, they, right? all they do is help each other. All they do is help each other. So one of them's going to attract the, the other defensive back or the correct. safety. So it would have been interesting be to see how the game would have been different had OBJ stayed in the game and not gotten injured. You know what I mean? And it sucks because he got that. ACL injury confirmed. Um, he's going to be a free agent this year. He talked about going but back to a, the Rams. He's a Super Bowl champ now. Super Bowl champ, but you're probably not going to make the most money that you could. That's cool with him. But that's cool with him because he has the ring, and that's all that matters yep. to these guys. And him going back to L.A. on a cheaper deal would probably benefit his career because people forget Robert Woods, again, I talked about it last week. Robert Woods was the badass playmaker on that team. That's why they brought OBJ. And you know what I mean? He went down. If if not, that guy would have been probably the best wide receiver, if not top five this hey, year. But Bobby Wood still gets a ring too. He still gets a ring. But what I'm saying is, like, when you have that that deadly trio, Cup, OBJ, or Robert Woods, and then you throw a guy like Stafford who's able to make deep throws Bro, and find those guys crazy throws this game. And, and he had that bad interception right where he was trying to find the dude in the end zone. The yes. tip the ball interception. You that's can't really not on hope. him. That's not on him, right? That's on the receiver. The, Correct. The, I forget the, his name. The, the tight other, end. The, no, it was the, the white. Oh, receiver. Oh, the dude with the S name. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Shankarin, or I can't remember. I'm butchering it right now. But big time. <laughs> he, he the other one he had in the end zone that was on. He was, was throwing. It. He was trying to it. connect to Van Jefferson. Right. And if that's Cooper Cup or 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 OBJ, they would have knock it down. Exactly, dog. That's kind of what I was thinking. I'm like, damn, that was kind of on Van. Like he put it in a good position, but like he underthrew it. And it's like, it's on you at that point. You got to recognize that and you got to get in there and knock that ball out. Yeah. You know and, what I'm saying? And, and I think what made the Super Bowl great is what you alluded to earlier, right? How the defense was the the deciding factor, right? Besides the refs. We'll save that for the end. Um, they were the deciding factor on how the game was going to turn out, right? Because the Bengals got that, those two interceptions. The Bengals defense played great, man. Played great. You know what I mean? On the, on the other side, you have the Rams sacking Burrow seven times, getting to that guy over and over again in key moments. Donald, Aaron Donald, getting to him specifically on that last play in the fourth quarter. You know, he wasn't a big impact in that and first half. And he wasn't. He wasn't at all. But that just shows you, like, how when when the moment came to, to be like, all right, what's going to be the deciding factor? It was the defenses that stepped up for both teams right. and kept them in it and gave them both a chance to win. The, the Super Bowl. And ultimately, um, the Rams' defense ended up playing better in the fourth quarter. That's yeah. pretty much what it came down to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because since – well, so, I mean, Cincinnati, they go into it. I forgot. What was it? Oh, they, they missed they the, they missed that extra point. They missed that. So, so it was like 13-10. Correct. Right? Or it was 13-7. to 7. No, 13-3. to 3. And then the Bengals scored. Right before the half. Right before the half. So, so it, it made 13, it 13-10. And then – to come out right out of the halftime because the Bengals get the ball back. A controversial deep controversial pass. deep pass to T. Higgins where the refs clearly missed the offensive pass interference yeah. and a face mask. I don't know how the hell they missed the face mask, dog. The guy's face, <laughs> whole head turn. was turned, dog. So that that was questionable, but you know, seventy five yard touchdown to start. You know, twelve seconds into the second half. Now we have another lead change. You know what I mean? It goes seventeen to thirteen, and it's like okay. We got a ball game, folks. This yeah, is a whole new sure. game now. And then after that, the Bengals kind of stalled out a little bit. Yep. 
The Rams defense started to wake up. They started to get to Burrow. They started to stop them running, right? Because in the first half, Joe Mixon actually had a really good usage rate. He was, I think, he ended up the first half with like thirty four yeah, yards, forty yards, the second half too. and he was getting good. No, but what I mean is like he was getting six yards per carry, five yards per carry. In the second half, their D line stepped it up and it lowered him to like two and a yard, two and a half yards per carry. That's which still, is a huge impact. That's still better than the average carry, the average yards per carry that the Rams had. I don't understand. I mean, it worked out, obviously, in the end, and this is why I'm not a head coach in the NFL, but right. <laughs> I was getting so frustrated, and I'm like, dude, why are they so committed to the run right now when it's clearly not working? Henderson, Michelle, uh, what's this other guy's name? Uh, Akers, who was the, the, the main, you know, the feature back back there. Yeah. He was, Cup got a carry. He, he was in get Well, that, that carry that Cooper Cup got was a huge, huge fourth down. Play. Huge was a fourth, play. That was a fourth play. down late in the game. But, yeah, man, I mean, I couldn't understand why he was so committed to the run. But, I mean, in the end, they got the dub. So It worked out. And, look, ultimately, you know, Stafford threw the ball way too many times for my liking, right? And I guess that's when they noticed it and they were like, we have to sprinkle in the run here and there because if not – what are we doing? Stafford ended up being 26 of 40 for 283, two, three touchdowns, two INTs. Yeah, well, you could kind of chalk one of those up to the receiver. So I get you. Well, so, I'll, give, I'll make it one INT. But, but even still, those numbers don't blow you away, but he made big throws when it mattered yeah. in the fourth quarter, yeah. right? And he was able to find these guys and put them in positions where they can make the play. And the MVP being Cook. Got the game-winning touchdown. How about that, bro? Cooper Cup, what a Got what the a trifecta. Season. Called it the trifecta. What a season for that guy, man. Amazing. It's in the record books. I don't think nobody's ever done triple those, crown, those three. Regular the, season triple crown. In one season. Which is catches, Correct. touchdowns, and yards. Correct. Right? He led the NFL. And then add a he little MVP on top of offensive player of the year. He didn't get the MVP of the regular season, but he got offensive player of the year, which right. is... I mean, it's just up there as up there as MVP and then Super Bowl MVP. And I absolutely agree with that. We were saying it, you know, as it was before it even happened and all that, we were like talking about it in the group and we were like, man, he definitely deserves it. Usually it has to be the QB because without the receiver, I'm sorry, without the QB, the receiver doesn't do that. But it felt like it was the other way around. Without Cooper Cup, they don't make that last drive happen. And they don't win that Super Bowl. Absolutely not. Because Stafford he, has nobody to throw to if Cooper Cup's not there. He has nobody to throw to. And not only that, like, nobody who's willing to do everything on the field while he's out there. Because the man is a grade-A blocker. He's a grade-A dummy route runner. So he's going to run hard routes constantly whether the ball is coming to him or not. You know what I mean? Like, that's a pro's pro. And he was able to really impact that game even when he wasn't involved. And it probably made the difference for Stafford to have him there as a safety net, right? And know, like, well, worst comes to worst, I can just put it in that vicinity and hopefully Cub bails me out because he usually has a dual threat that he can pick and choose who has the better matchup. And when he lost OBJ, mm-hmm. it was like, all I got is this dude and this dude has to come through for me. And this dude more than came he, through. He absolutely more than came through for and Stafford through, and man. that Rams. And he deserved that MVP, man. Now, and then such a humble dude too. For and sure. In his speech, you know what I mean? When they gave him the super, like he was like kind of coy and kind of reserved and stuff like that. You know, just kind of gave thanks to everybody that supported him and stuff. His his family and and his friends and his coaches and all that stuff. And it's it, it was great, man. And honestly, I, I I said it last week on last week's episode. You know, I I was rooting for Cincinnati, but I thought the Rams were going to win and. It ain't, it ain't our dogs in the fight, so I'm happy. I'm happy for them at the end of the day. Donald got his ring. Right. Stafford got his ring. McVay, youngest head coach to get a ring. You know what Dope. I mean? 
great great storylines all around dope and and honestly it's what we talked about right we wanted a really good super bowl we wanted a fun game oh yeah we wanted a game that that had both offense and defense and we wanted it to come down to mean something into that fourth quarter and it did it literally came down to the last 40 seconds because even still uh people forget yeah the game was 23 to 20 but when the Bengals got the ball back it was like 56 seconds left or 40 something seconds left with two timeouts so had they connected on two big plays who knows maybe they get into field goal range it goes into overtime you don't know football's funny like that speaking of big plays that last play of the game where Burrow where Donald got to Burrow pressured him and Burrow had to like chase broke you know crap out of Ramsey so two things right two things now we're seeing obviously in retrospect you see J, J, uh, not Jalen Waddle. You see Ramsey. Jamar Chase open behind Jalen Ramsey, who had wide fallen. open, wide so open. It tells you it's like, hey man, even if you have the quarterback, you need that offensive line. That in that moment, as tired as they were, <laughs> the game on the line. Okay, they needed to make that one last block, make sure Aaron Donald didn't get through. And who knows, maybe Burrow can get the ball to Jamar Chase, and the game's over that way. But Crazy. something else. A lot of grief. Okay, this guy's getting a lot of grief right now. Samaji P. Ryan. Oh, man. For not diving for that ball. What do you think about that? There's controversy right now around that. People are saying, last game of the season, how are you not going to fully extend and give it your all? Like, it was at his feet. Like, how are you not going to try? But you're not in that moment. It's such a bang-bang play. You know what I mean? Like, what, what are your thoughts? I think it's hard to tell at that moment, right, to see really what he went through. Because even in – in his mind, if he's honest with himself, right, and everybody else, he's going to say, I don't know what the hell I was thinking at the time. There was a million things running through my mind. We're down three. I know the time is running down. Like, there's a lot going on here. I'm not sure what I did. It was an initial reaction. And that could happen to anybody, dude. You know what I mean? Um, is it tough to look back on tape? Yeah, when you slow you know everything down. You slow it down and you fucking re- rewind. You count it, the milliseconds. Uh, you're like, uh, oh, this right? guy had... Three and a half oh, minutes look, seconds to react. If we do the sports science, you could have got it by three. Right. Yeah, then you're going to make the guy feel bad, dog. You know what I mean? But if you ask the guy and, you, and you're being honest with yourself and you put yourself in his shoes at that moment, who knows how anybody reacts, right? Um, some people have that initial reaction to to dive no matter what, whether it's a regular season game, a preseason game, right? There are people who are just going to dive for the football no matter what, whether it's a close cast or not. You know, people are just extra sometimes. It's hard to tell. Yeah, sucks for him to get that backlash. Um, same thing like uh, the Eli DB, Apple. Eli Apple. Bro, Eli Apple is catching it right now, son. He's learning a good definition of karma right now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, talk to me. What, what, what's the backstory with Eli Apple and why he's he catching was talking so much trash grief? to another DB and talking trash about how we beat you guys and we're moving forward X Y Z. You got dogged on the last play at the and then, of course, Karma makes his way back around, and next thing you know, Eli Apple's getting torched by everybody in a Rams uniform on the, in the biggest stage of the biggest day of the year for football. And the game-winning touchdown by Cooper Cup on you. He was defending. And you're all, you're, now you're going to be that guy in oh, and, his and, living room when him doing yeah. this. Exactly. And the first, Get out of your face. That, the first touchdown that Cooper Cup caught was actually – on he, him, too. Yeah, he was nowhere near them. And nowhere near him. Again, another one where he's going to look at it and be like, look at me here and look at you back there. It's embarrassing, dog. That's why in the NFL, especially at that cornerback position, that safety position, you got to leave your trash talking on the field yeah. and don't put it in social media because people are going to clip that, rewind it, and bring it back whenever Carmen bites you in the ass and it bit him on the ass. Yep. And now he looks dumb. And you know who else looks dumb? Who? 
Curtis Jackson. <laughs> 50 cent, dog. I can't. I can't. Dog, let me show I you this pic, I dog. can't, dog. The internet is undefeated, the bro. It was so quick. I mean, the best dog. the best joke I saw about the whole 50 cent upside down thing. Yeah, yeah. It's bizarre from one. Bizarre from, 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 D12 from D12 upside down. I almost called him 112. Wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, wow. dog. I mean, he's catching a bunch of shit because you know halftime performance. He was a surprise guest, which is super dope. I, super did, I had cool. no idea if it was nobody did right. And then all of a sudden, he comes out, you know, hanging upside down from the platform and Looking he's doing chunky. in the club, you know. Looking like that bar was holding him up big time, bro. <laughs> let me tell you, dog. The jokes that are coming out, everybody's saying like, "Yo, in, inflation's at an all time high. Fifty cent is now a dollar." You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yo, for sure, for the sure. internet is so fast with it, that shit. But what a Super Bowl it was halftime! A really dope at uh. Uh, halftime, right? And a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, it's for, number one, it's cool that it's hip-hop, right? And people are saying, like, oh, well, now you're the old guys because those guys are the old guys, you know? But I feel like those are generational talents, right? Where it's not like a Bon Jovi or something like that. These guys have a wider mass appeal, right, to both the youth and the older version or the old school hip hop heads, right? Because yeah, for if you're in your mid thirties or early forties, these guys hit it on the head for you last night. You know what I mean? Like they killed it. Every single song that they performed was dope and something that you could relate to and go back to in your mind, right? Yep. For everybody who's under that age range, right, eighteen to twenty five, I feel like those are the people who heard it from either their uncles or their parents or their cool older cousin or something like that where they mm -hmm. can be like damn that's where it come from i know dr dre i know snoop dog you know what i'm saying because those guys are still relevant today in hip-hop so it, that was like probably the widest range audience that you can hit right and those guys put on a good show i thought not it was just really that good, man. man you're in la homie in i mean LA, baby. West, ha West. who else were you gonna put out there like in la like that, yeah, that was gone. it, man. They had like all of those people are, with the exception of Fifty from New York, right. Eminem from Detroit. I don't know where Mary J's from, but the two She's main guys were West Dr. Coast Dre guys. and Snoop Dogg, man. And Snoop Dogg, and Kendrick, you know, and Kendrick. Uh, yeah, who's, the, who's like the future who's West the Coast, future West Coaster dog. So I mean, it, it, bro, it was it was Ambassador. awesome. They, yeah, it was they, dope. You know, Dre played the piano, played a little tribute to Pac. It was dope. That was super lit. Super dope. Uh, Eminem did "Lose Yourself." I mean, bro. Everybody I, in that locker room had to have wanted to run through a and brick he was wall. Wearing, did you know that he was wearing custom threes? Yeah, those threes were hard. 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 Sorry. Hard, hard. Again, a, a really dope Super Bowl, a really dope halftime show. It was... A rock opening up the show? That was a little weird for me. Nah, bro, you're in LA. Bro, you know how many he's stars... He's from Miami, guy. Not even. He's from bro, Hawaii. Get out of here. Bro, he's a world-renowned movie star, bro. Yeah, I get that. Sensation. I get that. But you Where have this... is Hollywood? LA, bro. I mean, all the stars were out, bro. They, it was they, wild. I felt like they just did that shit last minute because it, it felt cheaply written. Like, it's time for this. And it's time for you're this. You're a hater, And then dog. it's time for this. You're a hater, dog. Papo, what we said four, four freaking times nah, already. It's time bro. for something I'm else. I'm with The Rock, bro. That was ah. lit. That shit was super dope, bro. That was a little bit too much for me. He looks swole as shit. I mean, he's the rock guy. What doesn't he, dog? Nah, bro, but I'm saying, like, he looked extra juiced, dog. He must have taken a, like, he know, brother, he's the kind of guy that he's he like, knew right, he I'm going to have gonna these do things that. out. Let me get a little pumping. No, he he's probably like, did 100 push-ups before he walked out there, dog. <laughs> ah, in two minutes. Pull-ups, all that shit. Nah, bro. Great game. I great mean, game. It, we had lead changes. We had good defense. We had big plays. And, you know, in the end, you know, the, the Rams got the job done, finally. You know who else got the job done? Who? In the same type of manner? The Miami Heat on Saturday night against the Brooklyn Nets. Sheesh. Yo, five we, in a row, son. Five in a row, which is not something to laugh at or look at, right? Um, 
And more importantly, you look at the gelling together of the team, right? We have Jimmy back, Bam's back, uh, Lowry's back. Now we got Duncan feeling healthy, Hero's back. The whole rotation of the bench, we got Tucker feeling healthy. Um, Deadman's playing well. Yurt's getting into some action here and there. Gabe Vincent still doing his thing off the bench. Strews finding his three-point stroke again. It's crazy how this team is really putting themselves in positions to be a real contender, and we're not getting any of the respect nationally. Like today, I first thing I do, I look at ESPN, right, and I check – the NBA section, and when I look at the NBA section, I'm like, okay, let's see who's the how how far the Heat are still in first place. Okay, we got a nice little game lead on the Bulls. We're 37 and 20. We got a one game lead on them, a two game lead on Milwaukee and and the Cavs, two and a half on Philadelphia, Boston four and a half, and it's like, all right, cool. We're you know what I'm saying? Like we're probably getting that national talk now. Nope, nothing. Nothing. Now, one highlight from Saturday talk, night game. They're still game. talking about the Lakers. They're, they're talking about the and Lakers. Everything going on with them and Russell the Westbrook. Memphis Grizzlies. They're talking about the Warriors. They're the talking Warriors, about. The Warriors, of course, the Suns. Da- uh, Dallas won this because this guy dropped 50 and they did. Uh, Philadelphia now, you know. Oh, Harden's still not playing. They're oh, going to tell yeah. us that 25 times a day. They talk about Brooklyn, but not Brooklyn talk- losing to the Heat. Exactly. And getting whooped up by them near 25 points. Were we the 10th? 10th ten, ten, ten loss for them in a row, I think. 11th. 11th. God, bro. 11th. <laughs> they're a bad team, dog. They're, they're not a good but, team. But but even still, when when I talk about, like, the national disrespect, no nowhere do you find the Heat being put as favorites to win the East, let alone the East, as far as – and forget about even being mentioned as potential real candidates to be an NBA championship <clears throat> champion Excuse me, this year. All you hear is Philadelphia. You hear Boston. You hear Brooklyn. But you don't hear nothing about the Heat. That's okay, though. Bro. We got a coach of the year candidate or winner in my eyes. And if he doesn't win it, you guys already know. Para. We're going to 49th Street to raise hell. And if he wins, we're going to 49th Street to raise hell. <laughs> but we have a an amazing head coach. Legit three all-stars who could have been playing in that game coming up, right? Legit three all-stars. A really deep... St- Really deep bench and role players hitting their stride and really playing well. Basically a complete team. Yep. A team that's leading the East, beating teams like Brooklyn, beating teams like Toronto. Well, we've lost to Toronto, but we beat them. We beat Bucks. We beat Philadelphia. Like, and we're not getting none of the respect. We go on a West Coast trip. We're over 500. Like, that's that stuff's not easy. Come back home and then we're undefeated at home. Like, when when are the the Heat and Coach Spo and Jimmy and Bam and all these guys gonna get that respect where the nation says you know what the Heat can't be touched because I, I, honestly there's only one guy right now like putting us up there and that's um what's the dude's name from ESPN uh, the fo- <laughs> Perkins Perkins Perk oh yeah Perk. and you know I, I I never really care for Perk but he always he, he always he's the only the one and, and and gives gives us the credit. That, he, we, that we deserve. He's the only one who always recognizes us. And like you said, he gives us support. Nobody else that comes to my mind goes out there and, and supports us. You know what I'm saying? If anything, you get the opposite. Teams like guys like Stephen A. Smith saying shit like, oh, are, are they even real contenders? I got Brooklyn ahead of the Heat and all this stuff. And I'm like, how? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that that doesn't make any when sense. When Kevin Durant gets healthy, 
They're unstoppable. That, if he gets that's healthy. my best Stephen A. impression. And that was not bad. That was not Thanks. bad. I'll work on it. But I agree, Doug. I agree. We don't get that love, and, and it's like it's crazy, man. Because like we we live through the most significant and exciting Heat era, which was from the LeBron two thousand and Wade and Bosch. What two thousand and nine or two thousand ten, eleven? Yeah, two thousand and eleven, two thousand eleven to fifteen. Yeah, well, right around that fourteen. You know, season. and dude, like it was. We were on ESPN every day. You know, like all the antics in the locker room and like the Wade LeBron. Yeah, the Harlem Shake, right? Like just always on ESPN. Like that's that's what somebody like LeBron does. You know, okay, and we have our our guy right now is Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy's Jimmy's a cool dude. He cares more about the team. He's in Super Bowl commercials. He was in Super Bowl commercials for Michelob. That was All pretty right. dope to see him there against the Sheriff Bowling and stuff. Just um, but Jimmy's like, if you're a Heat fan or a Jimmy fan, like if you were you know Bulls fan that supported Jimmy or any other team, you know the the Timberwolves or or the Sixers for a short time that he was there or whatever, you know what Jimmy, you know, what kind of person Jimmy Butler is. You're a fan. You know, you love that guy. But I feel like he's not that guy that's going to be like, look at me, it's about me. Like, nah, it's about his team. And he's a funny Always. dude. He has personality. You know, he's a hard worker, but he clowns on his own guys. Like, right. I, I love he's, to see all the posts. I love that he's so hard on his teammates. Though. Love it, man, in a good way and in a fun way. And, you know, and sometimes he, he, he checks in, them when in he In a hard to, way. In bro. a hard way, right. But... You know what? So I've told you this time and time again, bro. It, the under the radar is where I like the Heat to be. That's perfectly fine, bro. Our game's going to speak for us, and we're going to get our credit when it's due. It's whack, dog. It's whack that, that not that we have to ask for the attention, right? Because in all honesty, we don't give a fuck, right? It's like you said. We, we really believe in this team, and us Heat fans know that we got something serious, and we know that we got a real contender. We're not worried about what anybody else says. You know what I mean? But for those guys, I feel like, those guys deserve, deserve that respect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, those guys deserve that respect. Um, Bam deserves some type of respect. Over the last six games, averaging 23 points and some shit. We talked like, about it last week, bro. Beasting. Before he, he's be on another level right now. He's on another level. And, and again, dog, how does a guy who's being compared to other names like Tatum and all these other young big men, and he's out there balling, shutting other teams down, but he's not going to get the respect and, and even get a shout-out? You know what I mean? Like... I watched the highlights from after I watched the game right on Saturday night and the fights were over. I was like, well, I'm going to watch ESPN to see what they put on SportsCenter. Right. And as I'm watching it, they showing NBA highlights. Lorenzo Ball in a loss doesn't does great. Ah, they show a bunch of his highlights and then they show like two heat highlights. They show the lottery steal, right, to end the game. They show, like, a, a dunk that Bam had and like. Yeah, they don't go in depth on their recap. They're not it's going deep. Like, it's like, oh, oh the heat won. won. 112 to 110. Good luck. Ah, blah, blah, whatever. They don't and mention that we're on a streak. They don't mention that, that we're, we are the number one none team in that. the East. They don't mention Tyler they don't Hero even say our record. is our third best asset, and he's putting up 20 points per game. You know what I mean? Like, they don't mention Bam's none getting double-doubles. I mean, Kyle Lowry's back, and he tried a triple-double the other day. I mean, come on, son. It's the reason why I'm glad, right, we have a Five Reasons Sports Network, right? That's going to keep it real yep. and keep it, like, funky and really put the team when they're doing well and say that they're doing well and really put it out there and be across Twitter and all social media because the Heat need that. There's not too many, like, even when you go on Bleacher Report, you're not going to get Heat updates. You're going to get stuff from, like, ESPN or maybe the Sun Sentinel. And even still, you got to pay for that Sun Sentinel wall. You're not really getting in-depth Heat 
from somewhere else unless you're following it on Twitter or IG, another local product. Because the local teams like you and I, right, we're going to do our, our due diligence and really promote the heat when they're doing well and make the noise that, that needs to be made in order for other teams or other fans, basketball fans, to recognize, yeah, the heat are serious this year. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like, oh, we're the best team in the league and we're going to dominate for years to come. No, it doesn't have to be that. But shit, you you need to recognize real. You know what I mean? And the Heat are a real, real contender. Like, again, this team is built to really win right now. That's why, again, it, it, we, we we don't make any moves at the trade deadline, right? And people are like, oh, this team got better. This team got worse. Nah, nah, nah. But nobody says that he got better from not making any moves from keeping their chemistry together, from keeping their, their chemistry alive, right? And then even still, we're waiting for the emergence of Victor Oladipo, right, to really come back and be the guy that we traded for, signed free agent, whatever, and be another Bro, contributor. <clears throat> what do you think is going to come sooner? Victor Oladipo in a Heat jersey on the court or Grand Theft Auto 6? <laughs> Word on the street bro. is that Grand Theft Auto 6 is seriously behind schedule, dog, so I don't know. <laughs> bro, I'm waiting, dog. Maybe I'm, Victor I'm like, Depot doesn't last as long, him. right? I just want to see him, dog. Yeah, I feel you. Me too, man. You know, and, and look, we talked about in the preseason about not really wanting to depend on him, and thankfully and we we're haven't. Not, yeah, we're right? not, like, desperate that we we're need him. We're not desperate to be Right like, now is the perfect time to plug somebody like him in, in the position that we're in with the, everybody healthy and clicking the way they are. It's like... This is perfect for Spo to be able to for get sure. him and insert him however he likes, you know, but we're not getting that. And I don't know what the clear timeline is on him. For sure. And and look, I'm, you mentioned it. I'm sure that Spo really wants to work him into the rotation, especially ASAP, right? And right now, so he can give a couple of the other guys some time off, right? Some heroes, some rotation minutes to rest. Jimmy, some rotation minutes to rest. Lowry, some time to to get back into a, a good groove without having to be out there by his own, his own self. Uh, because look, man, since Lowry's coming back, we haven't really lost and he's been really key for our offense and how it really transit transitions from our defense yeah we always play good d right but we need that transition to happen where it goes from good defense to good offense and i feel like lowry is the key to that you know what i'm saying since that guy's gotten back it just looks like heat basketball a yep. lot more when we're watching it you know what i mean no nah, we, we definitely benefit from having him out there yeah and we got look we got some tough games man um we playing Dallas, right? By the time the recording comes out, <laughs> yep. um, on the road, and then we're back home two two games. We play Charlotte at home. We play the Knicks at home Thursday, Friday, back to back, and then have another game on Saturday. No, 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 no. Oh, whoa, whoa! We we're play, all star we, break. We start. We start with the Mavs tonight, right? At Thursday. Home. Then Thursday we go. We start a road trip. We go right. to the Hornets. Then Bing Bong. We're up in New York against the Knicks. But that's after the All Star break. And then we come back on, oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. So that's Friday the 25th. Right. So, yeah, the last game is going to be this Thursday on the road against the Hornets, who we just beat recently. Who we just we beat. We just not beat. We just smashed. Them. Right. And even still, we didn't get, like, the love to be like, damn, this was a highly anticipated game on ESPN at night. Ba ba ba. Smash. Oh, we're not going to talk about the heat. I mean. Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn's in Miami. Let's see if they can upset the heat. He win. It's like, oh, well, guys, the Heat won. Yeah, well, that was expected, you know. Hey, yeah, Brooklyn doesn't you. have anybody. That's I'm uh, just saying. No, I'm saying that's what their argument is. Oh, no, that's nothing to cover there. That's but it's that. like, bro, they, they got to talk They got to talk about us at some point. At some point, and, they're going to have to talk and, about and us. And if that point comes to be, hey, you're 2021, 2022 NBA champions are the Miami Heat, and now we're going to talk about them for a week straight, well, then so be it, bro. I mean, if I'll you, be cool with that. Absolutely. And if you look at the next four games that we play, right, even though the schedule is going to be broken up due to the All-Star game break, um, we play Dallas, we play Charlotte, we play the Knicks, and we play San Antonio. Not really great teams. 
So we're going to probably win those four games. At that point, that's a nine-game winning streak. What are they going to say about us? Then we're going to be looking into those next three matchups after that San Antonio game. Chicago, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. I'm feeling sure that we're going to be pretty confident if we've won nine games in a row going into those matchups, feeling really good about ourselves and how the team is really developing. And not only that, smash on those fools and keep them at distance as we continue to build the lead in that East Coast number one spot. That's it, baby. You know, because that's all that matters, keeping that, that lead at one to two games and pushing Chicago back, and every time they slip, make sure we're not losing <clears> games. I think the biggest thing for us, bro, I mean, we're proving it right now, number one in the East. The East, we really don't have anything to worry about. Not nope. to say that we have to – we can just cruise control. You know, we got to take those games serious. But the real testers, the real challenges are the Golden States – the Phoenix Suns, your Utah Jazz, your Memphis Grizzlies, your um, Denver Nuggets, who yeah, are another great team. team. Those tough are team all that, tough teams, man. Tough and, team. and those are the ones that we really need to kind of key in on, you know, from, from, from our perspective, you know, really see and assess what we're doing well, what our weaknesses are, you know, what we think we do well at in those scenarios. And, and then we'll have more insight come playoff time against those teams, you know, because sure. we know we're going to get there, bro. We know right now Absolutely. We're, we're the favorite for, for winning the East. So now it's just a matter of that, that finals mode, you know, for sure. We're going to play. And I feel like you said, this break is going to come around the good time. Hopefully we'll see Victor Oladipo back around that time that the break is over, right? Or at least practicing with the team a lot more with the first team. Um, so this guy can really hit the court running once that second half of the season starts and really just cement what we already have in, in place, right? That we're a legit contender. We're going to be a top team, whether it's one or two, depending on how the season turns out. But we're definitely going to be in challenging for that position. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, bro, let's... And let's, as always... What? Pisa mañana. Bruh. Bruh. It's bad for the diet, but damn it, I love it, dog. You've been killing that. that I love those it. carbs after the marathon, I love dog, it. The half hey, marathon. Hey. That's why I work for it, bro. And yes, look, sir. you know what? I'm, I'm. It's not like I'm giving up on running. You know, I got to keep. It's a good way to stay in shape. You know, I got a wedding coming up soon, dog. So I got to make sure I stay in shape. Oh yeah, make well, sure. You I never am. had an issue staying in shape, though, dog. You good? Appreciate that, you big good, dog. Thirty-seven, making it look good, man. You know, thirty-seven is the new twenty-seven. There absolutely, you go. absolutely, eighties <laughs> babies, man. Um, you know what? Something cool that I saw this weekend, uh, just to bring it into golf real quick, bro. Oh, this you don't want to get me going. Right I now. do, I do. This waste management tournament, bro. Really delivered, man. It really delivered for you for I, golf heads. I really don't know how many of our listeners are into golf, or whenever we do get into golf, if they just skip right over that portion. But obviously, I'm an avid golfer. I love it. You golf we love yourself. It. We love it. You know, and and we always talk about you know some these these bigger tournaments. You know, you get a good field, and it gets it, it, anything can happen because it, it's an individual sport. It's not a team sport. So you know, these guys, man, you just they, you just lock in on one guy. You know that you like, and you're rooting for them, even though they might be out of it. But they can have a really good day. You know, just in Thomas had a good day he on did. Sunday. Kind of, kind of backdoored. I think a top ten uh, in there. Um, you know, Kepka Brooks Kepka, defending a, champion, he won there twice. You know, his driver was cold the whole weekend, but I mean, he was right there. He was in the final yeah, grouping at the sure. end. Um, a young guy, a rookie on the tour, in, in Sahith Tagala, who was there a story, on a dog. sponsor's exemption. What meaning, a story. if you guys don't know what that means, essentially somebody paid for him to be able to play in that tournament. You know, he hasn't made it yet. He's still hustling. He's a young dude. He's still driving himself to tournaments in his right. mom's minivan and stuff, lives at home with his parents. But he had the 54-hole lead, meaning he had the lead after three days of play and was in that final group. And almost... Came, Almost came won close it, to tying it and going into a playoffs or even maybe winning it. But on the 17th hole, he had a really bad break 
Yep. Uh, went in the water. The water. water. Just, he, he hit a club that he didn't think was going to give him the distance, but at that point, just so anxious. amped up. Anxious you know? probably, and, too. Yeah, though. man, in that moment, you're nervous. You got a little bit more adrenaline running through you, and he just crushed it. Ended up going into the water that's up by the green. Right. And He smashed it, but just in the wrong direction. And, and yeah, he didn't do great, but... Um, then we end up getting what I mean. Come on, man! On Super Bowl playoff, Sunday, the Super playoff. Bowl about to start, and we get a playoff between a top ten in the world and Patrick Cantlay. That's my dog. That's your boy. I don't really care for him, but that's your boy. <laughs> Last year's FedEx Cup winner. He's a phenomenal player. Boring for my taste. Boring, he's boring not, as hell. He's not an exciting guy by any means. But he can play not, golf. Doesn't show a lot of emotion, but he's a hell of a golfer. And he was going up against. Uh, a sophomore, I think this is Scotty Scheffler's second year. I think last year was his rookie year. Scotty Scheffler, you know, ends up tying him. Dude, had a putt to win it in regulation on the uh-huh. 18th hole. And he ended up missing like a six-foot putt. Just, again, adrenaline. He put too much pace on it. Didn't have the break he thought. Side note, that's us. That is what makes us feel better about being av- amateur golfers. Oh, yeah. When you see guys like him miss the, that easy ass putt, bro. Well, easy for him, not so no, easy but for you, us. You can tell it's, the, it's <clears> but about you can the tell money. it's a tough sport. It's the nerves, it's the anxiety. It's you know, a it's, tough sport. It's like you're standing over this putt and you're like, man, I make this putt, I'm gonna win 1.5 million dollars, and the I'm crowd's cha- gonna go nuts. I'm the I'm, champion I'm of this changing place. my family's life here. Didn't go that way though. He ends up making par, and him and Cantley tie. They go into the playoff. And they played, I want to say, I think the, the 18th hole, they played it three times. Correct. And the first two times were, you know, uh, par, par for both of them. So they tied, and then they go to the third time. Uh, Cantley hits a spectacular drive. Scheffler is a little questionable drive, flares it out right into the rough. He gets on the green, but he's outside of Cantley, right? right? And you're thinking, all right, well, he's going to give Cantley some sort of read, and it's t- going to be tough for him to make this putt. Nailed it. Drained it, dog. Nailed what it. A putt, and then it like if you if you golf and you play match play, you're competing against somebody. I could be five feet away from the hole for my birdie, and you could be twenty five feet away from the hole. But if I nail my shit, but if you Ooh. make your putt, that pressure on me is like nothing else, bro. Absolutely, man. Like nothing else, and it that, that five foot putt now dog. becomes a, a thirty five foot putt. I had ten more feet than you had in my yeah. head. And as ultimately, you know, that's what happened, man. Scotty Scheffler drains the putt. Can't lay, can't answer it. And Scotty Scheffler won his first uh, tournament on the PGA Tour, man. So shout out to that kid, man. That's that kid's going to be a great win for him. Bro. He's going to be a great player for years to come. Yeah, and and you know what? It's 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 crazy how this game can really make or break you, right? And if you're a cool headed person, or maybe you're playing with less pressure, because Scotty Scheffler was probably was probably playing with way less pressure on him, right? Um, in those playoff scenarios, it's easier for for your natural game to come out. It's when you're that high level and you've won, and you know what that feeling of winning and disappointment is like, and you're trying to avoid that, like Cantley and and you know uh, Kepka, you know, because he missed some some putts that he would normally make. He made actually on eighteen. He, he made, made a really putt, yeah. He made a really good putt. He was able putt. to he able he was able to finish. I think tied for four. Right, or but he hit a bad shot on sixteen, which oh, is he again was all tough. Over with his driver, dog. Which is tough because that hole specifically, if you guys don't know, you're playing pretty much in front of the gallery. It's a part three, and everybody's in the freaking stands. Yeah, they build a giant stadium around this. On hole. top of you, Fa- as you most, hit this shot, one of the most famous holes in golf. Tiger Woods hit a hole in one on that hole twenty five years ago. Uh, there was only up until this weekend. There was only nine hole in ones on yep. that hole, and, and this, this weekend, weekend alone, back to back days, we got we two. got one each. So we got yeah, two this weekend. Super cool, dog. Um, 
It was uh, Sam Ryder on Saturday. Yep. It was later in the afternoon, so everybody was nice and buzzed. And that place just blew erupted, up. dude. Water beer, bottles yeah, everywhere. Beer bottles, water bottles. bottles, everything and everything people had just, just threw it on, Rain man. Rain down. It and, looked like a soccer game almost. Yeah, like. bro. And, and, and <laughs> honestly, man, like, that's exactly what golf needs to grow the game. Yeah, like, man. That, that shouldn't just be limited to, to the waste management. Like, bro, how crazy would it be to see that, like, on, on just on regular or any other event, you know what I mean, where the crowd is that hype and they're allowed to get that rowdy as long as they're right. not getting... Out of hand. Maybe you don't want them throwing beers and stuff like that, but th- because this p- specific hole is kind of like built for that, right? right? Where everything is built it's on top amplified. of it, right? But if you want that atmosphere, you need to build stands. You need to have people yeah. on top of it. You and need le- to and have- let the fans have fun. You like gotta that's, let those that's guys- what makes that hole so great. Is that yes. those guys get normally golf? You know, everything's quiet. Nobody's talking. Right, even after you hit, you get that one or two guys like, "All right, let's go." Some some players, Barely. some players, you know, coming up to that 16th hole, they love it. They know the crowd wants to get hyped, so they're 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 hyping them up, they're pumping them up. They're like, "Come on, I want to yeah, hear it." Dog. You know, I want to I'm going to hit this shot, but I want to hear it right now. And they love that, and they feed into it, man. What's so up with Max Hamas shooting in a Atlanta Braves jersey because uh, he lost a bet? Oh no way! I yeah, didn't see that. dog, he lost a bet. Uh, he obviously is not an Atlanta Braves fan, no, right? He's a Cali guy. He's a Cali guy. So he had, uh, I think He's they were playing Dodgers the Dodgers, guy. right? So they were playing the Dodgers and Atlanta won. He made a bet with the baseball player. And he was like, bro, if I if you win, you got to shoot 16th out of the waste management in my jersey. He was That's like, sick. all right, bet. Atlanta won. And my dog went out there and sure enough, hit his tee shot and finished the hole completely in the Atlanta jersey. Yep. What a good sport. Hell yeah, man. No, and then Sunday, Sunday, Carlos Ortiz. Uh, the young Mexican, he he had his hole in one. It was Super playing a little dope. bit further, and again, the place just exploded, man. Just beers and and everything onto the 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 actual field on the hole and all that stuff, and everybody was pumping and high fiving. You had uh, Joel Damon and Harry Higgs take their shirt off on sixteen. It was crazy, like that dude. Like crazy. there needs to be more of that. Maybe not throughout the entirety of the golf course, but if every tournament had like one part three like that, like absolutely, like the sixteenth at, at the waste management. It would just keep would growing the game, man. Yeah, man. It would like, be fun. Dude, they get like 70,000 people out there on yeah, that day, dude. and 20,000 are at 16 all day. All they day, don't move. Dog. That's crazy. They open the gates. There's people there that camp out so that when the gates open at 6 a.m., they can run to 16 to get a spot. Probably wasted running, right? Because they're oh, probably absolutely. drunk already. Absolutely. Waiting to get up that early to go run to get a yeah. spot at the 16th. Nah, it's one of the most fun it's tournaments fun. in it's golf. Fun. Um, it's like you said. In order to grow that game, you got to make it more fun, right? You got to make it fun. You got to make it fun for the people who are attending. You got to make it fun for the people who are watching. And you got to bring that entertainment value to the game. Because the game is entertaining. It is. But you need to add value to it. Yeah. Every sport is doing it. It happens. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even look... In, well, I'll, just a transition with soccer. We see the hype, you know, where games are being broadcast on ESPN Plus now or on e- ABC, you know, primetime games and stuff like that. Chelsea this weekend won the cl- uh, FIFA Club World Cup. Um, the only trophy we hadn't won as of yet, you know what I mean? So now we finally added that trophy to the cabinet. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Yeah, people hate that, but hey. we're we're world champions, and hey. we're champions of Europe, champions of the world now, and that that club world cup got a lot of hype and a lot of advertisement 
all over the place, all over the world, essentially, because there were so many people who attended that game in Abu Dhabi. You know what I mean? Um, Chelsea was playing Palmeiras, which is a Brazilian club, right? So you had over 25,000 Palmeiras fans, and these guys rock green and white, and they were wearing their jerseys the whole weekend that they were there, proudly representing their teams. Chelsea had their fans out there, and you have these clubs or this tournament become a big deal because you have these big teams participating you're advertising it they're advertising it they're making it fun they're hyping you up sending you videos sending you back you uh back um videos of the back room dressing and people coming out from the tunnels and stuff like that they're making it fun yeah you know what i mean and chelsea does a good job with their social media of interacting with the fans and making it fun hey predict the score of the game if you sign up for this you get this shirt Golf doesn't have that. You know what I mean? Golf needs that. Um, the game itself was cool. It was really, uh, really tough, contested game. Chelsea came out to a 1-0 lead in like the 23rd minute of Lukaku on a header. He got hey. the assist. Yeah, he finally scored. You know, it took him a while, but, you know, he scored. And hey, some bro, people look at the opposition, but it's good to score, especially when you're a striker and you're kind of dealing with having those issues and not putting the ball in the net. It's always nice to see it go into the net for a striker. Um, but then they tied the game up on a controversial handball. I didn't like the call, but Thiago Silva went up with his hand pretty much and, like, it hit him in the penalty box, and they gave it to him. And the player for Palmeiras, I think it was Hernandez, I'm not sure, um, but he – calmly slotted the penalty away to tie up the game and then it went into extra time so this game is you know obviously exciting it's really high, highly contested went into overtime and in the last minute of the f of extra time of overtime Chelsea got a break got a penalty call inside the uh, inside the box and one thing I have to point out, man, usually whenever there's a penalty, the guy who's going to take the penalty, they'll go up to the ball, right, and pick up the ball. Other team or the goalie will give him shit. They'll talk crap to him or whatever, right, to kind of psych him out. Cesar, uh, the captain, uh, Azi Laporta, he's Spaniard. He went and got the ball, right, and did everything that the striker or the person who was going to shoot do. He let the other team talk crap, try to distract them, all this stuff. And what he did knowing that he had already selected Kai Havertz to take the penalty. He then called him over once the referee kicked everybody out. He was like, all right, get it in your position. You guys get out of here. He then called the guy over and gave him the ball and let him prepare himself mentally with a clean slate. That's a leader right there. What a freaking leader, dog. And, and, and I had to point that out because it was such a crazy moment during the game. You right. saw him there and you're like, why is this guy doing that? And why is he there to take a penalty when he doesn't take penalties? Right. You know what I mean? But obviously, in retrospect, you see, what you he, see what the, the leadership. Was. You know what I mean? You see the leadership. And, That's and, brilliant. And it was an amazing move by our captain and the club captain. Again, he's our longest tenured player right now. He's won everything that the club has offered. Um, and for him to make that move in order to set Kai up to take his penalty and make it, it was amazing to see. And obviously, Kai Havers did his thing. His second goal in such a big game to win it for Chelsea. He hit the he had the goal in against Manchester City in the Champions League final, and now he has the final goal in this one. This guy just added to the goals, resume, dog. young man. A young man at that, dog. A young guy, 22, 23 years old, top of the world, and just getting started at Chelsea. And for Chelsea fans, and oh, yeah. it's a great time to be a fan. You know, oh, yeah. we may not be where we want to be in the Premier League, um, but we still have opportunities for multiple championships. We're going to be in the Carabao Cup final, and um, we're, gonna, we're still competing in the FA Cup. So being a Chelsea fan is not as bad right now, man. So it's, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling, man. Yeah. Um, 
And we also got a good feeling this weekend from the Dolphins, which is a little bit weird, right? Because we weren't expecting the news to hit the fan, but it did. Mm. We signed the offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Do you know who we signed? Yep, we signed uh, the Chargers' former offensive line coach. Correct. And that hire in specifically is kind of interesting to me, right? Because something that we've harped about so much over and over and over and over again on this show is how bad the offensive line play is, how bad it's been forever, and how we never seem to find the guy or the scheme to change that. Dolphins are looking like they found the guy. Yep. Frank Smith is his name, by the way. Frank Smith. Um, <clears throat> I like it. I like the move. I mean, we had that dual offensive coordinator situation right, that, was that a I joke. said was trash, and we needed to make a change, and now we get an offensive line-minded offensive coordinator. So, I mean, what better guy to build the line around for Tua and get a good, you know, good game plan and good scheme for him in addition to McDaniels and his offensive, you know, Genius. prowess. Yeah, man, come on. I think it's going to be a great, <laughs> quote unquote. It's going to be, a, I mean, it's going to be a great combination. I it think looks, it looks like a great hire from everything that I saw and read, right? Because he's an offensive lineman coach, yes, right? So maybe the title of offensive coordinator isn't his thing, but he does know how to set up game plans. He does know how to scheme blocking and running game patterns. And that's something that the Dolphins are seriously slacking in. Something that we feel as Dolphins fans that needs to improve immediately in order for this team to have a better shot at being a real contender, right? Mm -hmm. To make the playoffs or at least be consistent in offense um, because we know what we have defensively. We know that McDaniel is still going to call the plays, right? Or 80% of the plays, 90% of the plays. So I don't expect this guy to come in here and really help Tua that much. That's more McDaniel's yep. job, right? But he's going to help Tua that much indirectly. Indirectly by really shoring up that offensive line because Facts. we know that we need it. We know that we need it desperately. And until the Dolphins fix that offensive line, anything we we do around the offense is not going to matter shit because it's really going to come apart in big moments like we saw in the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. Right? Full circle. Where the, where the offensive line is letting the rusher in and that guy makes the play to end the game. Yep. When you have a chance to make a play offensively, right? That and you have the guys good. in position to do so. So for me, it's, it seems like a really good hire, right? Everything that I've read, like I said, sounds really good, but will he put it into play? And I and my main thing is, man, I'm glad football is over in a sense as far as the season, right? Like the NFL season is done, but the new season is starting today, yeah, which is the offseason. Today is day one. All right, day one of the offseason. And it's the best time. And we usually win the offseason, right, as a Dolphins <laughs> joke. And it looks like we're winning the offseason right now. But ultimately, for me, it's going to mean more once we sign people, once we start looking at draft targets and what we're going to do with, with the cap room that we have and the draft picks that we have. That's when we're going to see that shit really come to fruition and see their game plan really come together and what we can expect. Because if it, if it looks questionable... I don't know if Dolphin fans are going to buy in on it. You know what I mean? If they're making questionable decisions as far as we get an old veteran lineman who's coming off an injury and we pay him X, that might not look so good. You tell me you get a middle-of-the-pack guy who's really trending up and we pay him more, maybe a little bit more, all right, maybe that looks better, right? Or we find a rookie out of nowhere or undrafted guy and we turn that guy into a legit starter, that only really impress me. But it all really depends on the moves that they make. And I'm interested to see in the moves that they make because it looks like they're putting the guys in positions to make those moves. 
I'm just wondering if they're going to work out. I'm really hyped about McDaniels. I heard an interview um, on the Libertar show. He talks a good game. He really gets into the game of football and he knows that he's a football guy but he also keeps it real and he knows that his expectations are to win and to try to make Tua look good so that's good that he has at least a clear sense of what his job is going to be down here my whole thing is is he going to be able to execute it because we've seen a lot of guys come in here and talk a good game and have some type of instant success but i feel like the bar is much higher for him because of how young he is where he's coming from the coaching tree the assets he's being given the good team that he's being given it's like a lot of stuff on the table to be like this is not the f- worst first head coaching job you can yeah, get Yeah, we're not asking you to turn a detroit lions team around right you know, you know what we're, i mean we're, we're, at- we're a notch just above the lions <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I totally get what you're saying. Barely, dog, but yeah, we got, you feel P, me? we got pieces. We were coming off of, you know, a nine and eight record, a winning record last year. Right. Uh, you know, almost one game away from from a playoff appearance. Um we had, ten and seven. We had we had issues with our head coach, you know, in that situation. Not that we had issues with them, but management did. But hey, it, it is what it is. That's why you're here. But you got three you're gonna have three sophomore guys that were drafted last year that were fantastic. You saw what they were able to do for you. You got a bunch of other good pieces on the team, um, but you know what the gaps are, and now you got to go in there and you got to fill those gaps and you got to win games above all. Yeah, and it looks like he's getting that and putting that at least in place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really smart move getting an offensive lineman, coach, specialist, whatever you want to call him, to be your offensive coordinator and really help you game plan the running game and the blocking schemes around that. I feel like that's going to really show a level of improvement. Even if it's not a big improvement, we'll see the difference between last year and this year when it comes to offensive line play. There's no doubt about that. Um, one thing that I, I'm, we're going to wrap this up, but I, I wanted to say one thing that really excited me, and I'm, I'm not really trying to get You're excited. You're not about to start a new segment here, are you? No, no, but I'm, I'm trying to say that I'm not really trying to get too excited about this Dolphins team until – Week one starts. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, I need to see the product on the field. Forget about moves. I'm all, I'm here for the moves, right. but I'm not getting hyped for the moves. I'm getting hyped for game one. You've lowered your expectations, and rightfully so, man. Right around here. Rightfully right? so. Okay. Why are we going to give all that time and energy, you know, so exactly. early on? If, if My other team is out there being the best in the conference, but whatever, right? One thing that really does have me excited is his intention to get Waddle to be even better. When they asked him, like, who's the guy that you're really excited about working on offense? First thing he said, Waddle. Waddle, 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 Waddle is the guy that I'm excited for. Because he sees that guy as, like, the ultimate weapon for the Dolphins. And for me, seeing what they did with Debo, right? Not saying that Waddle is Debo or they're going to do the same thing. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Right? But seeing... His excitement to work with Waddle, that just leads me to believe like this guy's really dreaming and scheming of ways to get the ball into his hands, whether it's close range or down the field. And Waddle's going to really be that guy. That has me hyped because that means that we're replacing Parker on the other side because Parker's not the dynamic enough no. to be that that partner that Waddle's going to need. That means that we're going to definitely address that sp- Spot specifically with some type of athleticism, and that has me excited that has for you sure. Excited. That the has fact me that excited. We're gonna cut Parker. Yeah, that and the <laughs> fact that Waddle is gonna be the main focus. The, the, the focal point. I mean, right. he already was. He was the focal point of last year. Yeah, but not not in all aspects of attacking the defense. 
right? They try to say, well, this is what we can do to get him the ball. Nah, attack the defense. We didn't do that enough. Now that we're going to try to use him to attack the defense in a lot of different manners, downfield, in the middle of the field, coming back, we know what, what he can do, what his skill set is, and we're going to be able to tweak that and turn it up. That's, that has me excited. Oh, yeah, bro. As, as you should I'm be. pumped. I'm, I'm pumped hyped. for that. I'm, I'm pumped for that. that. But, yeah, dog, let's wrap this thing up, and we got to tell people to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. To tell one more friend about this amazing sports podcast, y'all. All Miami based, but we always give you a flavor of that national happening and keeping you in tune with all sports, all right? And the main thing is following us on social media. Not on social. What is it? Social. Social media. Follow that us. means. Twitter, um, yo, let me tell you, Instagram. Hold on, let me cut this man off. If <laughs> you're not off. following this man right now, Sports with Soso, let him know on Twitter. You gotta get on it. You're Turn on your out. post notifications. You're missing out. I mean, it, the insight that we get from this man right here is second to none when it comes to South Florida sports. So make sure you follow him on Twitter. Make sure you retweet. Make sure you stay active with him. And again, follow us on YouTube. That's where we're gonna be dropping even more content. We're working with a special producer. We got a lot of coming for you guys. So stay tuned. And until next time, y'all, peace. peace.